You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. The podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Boys and video games. The question that we are tackling today is why are boys so attracted to video games? With us today is our special guest, Greg Wandra. And Greg happens to be my brother, so that's how I was able to get him here today. Lucky you. (laughs) Lucky me indeed. Lucky us. But the reason why we invited him on is because he has a unique perspective. Uh, Greg, first of all, unlike Janet and I, is a former boy. He also grew up playing video games. He spent hours and hours and hours playing games. And he grew up to be a video game designer. He has worked on games, including the MLB 2K series of baseball games, Wizard 101, Lost Planet 3, Monkey Quest. And he's gotten to do really super cool things like a direct emotion capture session with Derek Jeter and one with LeBron James. So he's super cool. And he's got a lot of insider knowledge into this industry. And at the same time, he is a parent. So he has the concerns of all of us parents. And he now teaches video game design to high school students. So tell us, why are boys so attracted to video games? What is behind that? You know, I think a big reason why boys are so attracted to video games, at least in the early years especially, is because of the types of games um, that were being made. And now there's a, a wider breadth of games mm-hmm. being made today. But a lot of games in the uh, early going were uh, power fantasies of some sort. Mm. You felt like you were completely in control. And that's obviously a very male thing. You got to be the hero. Uh, you got to be the hero, sure. right? Uh, even a game like Mario, you get to save the damsel in yeah. distress, right? You get to be the hero. And I think that is very attractive to boys. But things even switched a little bit there with new styles of games coming out. The, the Sims series is one that's known yep. to be very popular with females because it's a very social game. So I think the reason a lot of boys are attracted to games is because of the types of games that are often uh, popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
especially the the shooting style games, the the first person shooter style games, the war games. Yeah. I mean, very male things. Boy fantasies that boys have been playing throughout all of history. There was another venue. Absolutely. Another way to play. Absolutely. And me in uh, sports, I like to. Uh, I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player, but I could live out my fantasy of of playing in the NBA by buying the latest video game that would allow me to play as an NBA player. So for sure, that's a big influence. What about socialization? Mm -hmm. Especially today, it seems to me that that is a draw for boys with video gaming. Like it's Video games have become such a big part of boy world that if you don't do that, you're the odd man out. Yeah, for sure. Everyone wants to feel included, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it is a big social thing where people feel like if they want to fit in with, with the cool kids club, you've got to be playing the latest video game like Fortnite with your friends. Because if you're not, you're just kind of, uh, you're just an outsider. I don't know what the draw is there per se, but it is a big aspect where if you want to fit in with the with the wolf pack, so to speak... Right. You better be playing what we're playing. I think there's something to be said for that. The question I get from many parents is they're spending too much time playing video games. How do I get him off the video games? How do I end the endless negotiation about time spent on video games? What are your thoughts around a healthy balance of time spent on video games and the rest of life? That is a great question because I do think that a healthy balance has to be struck because I can tell you flat out, I do have some students uh, that I teach today that do not have a healthy balance, that they play way, way too much. I believe the video games is a great reward mechanism where if your child has done the things that you need them to do, whether it's chores, whether it's homework, it's a great reward mechanism. It's that, that carrot at the end of the day that's going to lead them to, to doing the things that they need to do before they can enjoy their game time. For me, that's the way to go. I do find that kids that are playing these games way too much, uh, they don't have strong parental influence monitoring those aspects of their life and there there can be some dangerous sides of games now i'm not a video game evangelist or a a doomsday person per se there are positives and there are negatives but i do think it, it should be monitored and for me personally as a parent i think it's a great reward mechanism let's talk about what a healthy balance looks like right. and then we'll come around to what are some signs you might see that indicate you're moving into that trouble zone i know it's not as simple as saying 30 minutes of game time because every kid is different right. so to you what does a healthy balance look like and then what are some signs that would indicate you know maybe something needs to change right i i think i might start with that by addressing that latter part. If you are starting to see your individual son or daughter's uh, behavior change such that they're starting to withdraw from personal relationships, to me that's an immediate warning sign that there's too much gaming going on. Um, And I can tell you uh, from my own personal experience that I've had moments in my life where I have come to the realization where it's like, wow, I'm I'm playing too much because relationships are (laughs) suffering. And even your social skills start to deteriorate. Interesting. I've mm. definitely noticed this phenomenon. And when you start to see those things occur, then it's time to definitely start to pull back. There are 
wonderful things with video games. It can be a stress reliever and Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. these days have as many stresses as adults. Right. So using it as a form of escape or stress relief is healthy, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you're spending too much time disengaged with the real world and you're seeing those relationships suffer, I think it's time to rein it in a little bit. You know, Janet, I know you've heard me talk before about the fact that when it comes to video games and screen time at my house, I'm not all about, you know, you have X time and then you're off because frankly, I can't keep track of it with all of you. Um, But I do look at it kind of globally and I try and look for those signs of healthy balance. So for me, I don't get too upset if they're playing hours of games When I also see that, for instance, you know, my one kid who loves fishing is still going out fishing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My kid who loves being um, outside in the garage is still working on engines with the lawnmower. They're still spending time with their dad, maybe doing sports practice Mm -hmm. depending on the season. So as long as, and keeping up in school, that's a big, big one. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. as long as I see that they're still doing other things, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think you should. I think. Um, and obviously, I know your boys. Um, as long as they are continuing to do the things that they've done before, mm-hmm. and they're still enjoying those things, I think that's a, a great place to be. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a healthy balance. That's mm-hmm. a healthy balance right there. I have a question about, I don't know a lot about video games. I don't play them personally. But I hear parents saying, you know, this is a social thing. They play together. Is there then the the next layer where they can play with people that they don't know that aren't their friends from school and what are what are concerns what do we need to be aware of as parents in that realm that is a fabulous question because there are a lot of social games out there today and i look at there being social games that are negative and positive um the positive aspects of social gaming is in a game like fortnite Mm -hmm. Um, There can be a lot of teamwork uh, where you're trying to socialize and communicate with your team to achieve some sort of objective. And those are good aspects, I think. Working on a team, learning how to communicate with one another, those are positive aspects. So the team is not necessarily someone that I know. Not necessarily. It can be people that are sitting in the same living room with you. It can be other individuals you've simply met online, correct? Or it can also be your friends from school, or sports. Right. It could be all of the above. I want to hear your perspective on that, how to stay safe yeah. there. But one thing Greg and I were talking about just recently was that in a lot of ways, the skills our kids are developing doing that are really 21st century career skills in that they sure. are communicating and collaborating and working towards goals digitally and virtually with people in different locations, some of whom they've met and some of whom they haven't. Much like us, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I listened to my 12-year-old playing Fortnite with a friend and somebody he'd never met before the other night. And it was fascinating to hear how he was leading this team effort. Absolutely. Those are the positive aspects that you want as a parent. Those Mm -hmm. are positive things. Interesting. What about this question of how do you help your kids stay safe, though, when they can connect with anybody? Yeah, I think a a big part of that is as a parent, you have to be in tune um, with how they are connecting with these other people. And it's okay to ask questions. You don't have to uh, live behind a dark curtain and not know what those things are. You sit down with them. Mm -hmm. Sit down with them for an hour and see what they're playing. See how they're engaging. 
Because I think that's the worst thing you can do as a parent is allow them to just go off in the room and play and not have an understanding as to what it is they're playing, how they're interacting with other people, how they're connecting. Because you don't want to be in a position as a parent where you are completely clueless Mm -hmm, as to mm -hmm. what is going on there. Um, Obviously, a lot of emerging technology is a mystery to many parents, and that's understandable, but you should take some time, invest in taking some time to understand what your kids are doing and how they are engaging, how they're connecting with other people. That's probably the best advice I can give. I'm so glad you said that because I think we, especially as women, might not be so interested in the games that our boys are playing. Sure. And yet to have that common language and to show that interest, it makes me remember my uncle when I was a kid would, a new Beatles album would come out. I know that dates me, but he would actually put the headphones on and listen to our music. And I was so impressed by that. My dad never did that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was so impressed by, wow, he is taking an interest in us and in what we're interested in. And so that is just gold for any parent. So here's how I do it, because I'm not really interested in Fortnite or first-person shooter games. However... Uh, sometimes I'm simply just in the same room. I might be on my phone scrolling through my Facebook or headlines or whatever, but I'm hearing what's going on. And I was really pleased the other day. My 12-year-old was playing, collaborating with his virtual team, and I was hearing words like please and thank you. Oh, so right there, like (laughs) respectful communication. He's not trolling people. And that that helps me feel more comfortable with him being on there. I hear in the course of hearing him play the names he's saying. So I know when he's playing with friends and when there's a different name coming up, then I I have said, hey, who is Dietrich? Mm -hmm. And oh, he's this guy we connected with and he's a really good player. Okay. It helps me be comfortable. And I ask a lot of questions too. I mean, I had him try and explain how you get from here to here and what dance is he doing? And it... It builds those um, bridges to understanding. Mm -hmm. And then, like you felt with your uncle. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. 
But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot Easy Melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash onboys. They feel good. Because instead of demonizing their interest, you know, the Beatles, ah, rock music, you know, boy, hair. instead of that, it's, let me listen and let me see why you're so, so captivated by this. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I've learned through teaching high school juniors and seniors is that they are starved, starved for someone to pay attention to what they're interested in. And if you do show an interest in what they're doing, they will respect you highly for that. You don't necessarily have to like the thing that they like, but just showing an interest in that goes, I mean, you are building huge equity Mm. into that person's life. They they build some trust in you as an adult authoritative figure. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about educational games? educational are they really educational i remember when email first came out and it didn't feel like i completely digested what i was reading off the screen and i still wonder today how much am i really processing we tend to skim a lot so how valuable really is this educational transaction that companies are saying we've got to have tablets in schools. I've observed kids in school with tablets. The kids I've observed do not seem to be as as focused as a child that might just be reading a book. So I'm curious about your thoughts around educational programming. Yeah, if you make a great point. I do think Um, A lot of times when you introduce a tablet or a phone or some sort of technology into the classroom, I think a lot of children associate electronics with fun because that's what a lot of them Mm -hmm. are doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy distraction that if you uh, put a tablet in someone's hand, their teacher may be trying to teach something, but immediately they're associating that tablet with, well, what kind of fun can I have with this device? So things can get lost there for sure. Yeah, I was in a classroom of fifth graders and it was the boys that were not on task at all. And they had, you know, they had all the things they could figure out to do with the tablets that were not what the teacher was hoping they'd be focused on. 
Absolutely. And honestly, the first couple of weeks of the school year, that's a challenge for me because all the students have a, a computer that they are meant to do their work, their projects on. But because it's a computer, immediately they're seeking out all those gaming websites. And I'm like, well, listen, I know we're a gaming development class, but we're not playing games in here. We're, we're making games. So um, <laughs> it does take some intentional, intentional discipline there to uh, get the message across that this is what this tool is used for. So since you're an insider in yes. the industry, I'm going to ask the big question. Yeah. Are video games designed to be addictive? The short answer to that question, and I'll have to give this some context, but yes, Yes, they are. I will say that in my years of game development, I've seen that shift a little bit. As always, you want your game to be quote unquote addictive. And maybe that's a little bit too harsh of a world of a word, not world, um, because you want your, your game to be engaging, very memorable so that they will come back to it. Um, you want someone to find value in your 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 product. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want it to be memorable. Maybe mm-hmm. addictive is the right word. Over my years of development, I've seen that word addictive being more commonplace in how games are designed intentionally in that now I am seeing and being asked to incorporate addictive elements into games to keep kids or adults in this what we call core loop. I was literally asked to design mechanisms in games that would keep people engaged and retained there are things known as metrics in game development in which the people who are making this game study these metrics to determine how sticky your game is Mm -hmm. by that i mean they would track how often someone would come back and play a game a week after they first tried it okay 30 days after they'd first tried it a year after they first tried it And they know exactly when people are bailing out of that game. When did they stop playing that game? Why did they stop playing that game? And these are questions that they're always trying to answer. Now, in terms of building addictive games, they're looking for ways to keep you playing. And these are human psychology tricks. The same things uh, used in gambling. For example, sights and sounds. That may seem very innocent, but sometimes if you're playing a game such as Candy Crush, which many people are familiar with, yeah. Uh, try to get a combo in that game and score a lot of points. You will hear this incrementing sound effect that's like do 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 ding, very similar to a slot machine. They know that that is. They know that that is a very pleasing sound effect that people like to hear, and so you'll find that in a lot of video games now. Additionally, what you will find in many games nowadays is a slot wheel, pull the slot wheel kind of mechanism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by this, what I mean is. There are these things in games known as loot boxes now where you have a random percentage chance of earning a reward. It may cost you money, real world money, for a chance to earn a reward. So you may defeat a boss in a video game. And maybe you have a 1 in 10 chance of getting that special sort of awesome. But if you don't get it, well, you can pay 50 cents for another chance, one in 10 chance. Do you want to pay that money? Sure, yeah. sure. So it's that um, inconsistent rewards thing that yes. they say is part of what makes gambling so and addictive. That is the thing that has hit uh, legislators' uh, radars nowadays. And I know that I think it's a senator from Hawaii is trying to get some laws passed uh, involving getting video games being more transparent about these mechanisms so parents are aware of how games are being constructed to uh, make you addicted to them. So this is 
really fascinating to me as a parent because I'm thinking about how with movies and commercials, I talk to my kids about, you know, they paint things in a certain way to try and get you to do a certain thing. Like we talk about that when we see it on TV to help them understand that these are deliberately crafted messages and products to get them to do a certain thing. Marketing. Exactly. Do you think that it would be helpful for parents to have some of those conversations about gaming with their kids to kind of help them understand that it is designed this way? Yeah, I think a lot of parents are completely unaware that some of these things even exist in games. And those are conversations that should be had between parents and child uh, to help them understand what is going on. The psychology that is involved to try to keep them addicted. Um, Because it's kind of like pulling back the wizard's curtain a little bit. That's what I'm thinking. If if you pull back that curtain and if somebody can see that somebody is trying to get them to do a certain thing, that gives you more power as the consumer. It absolutely does. Yeah. The other thing that I've read is that games are being designed. They're also bringing in neurobiologists to do like skin testing. When do you start to sweat at certain points in the game? When does your heart rate go up? And there's certain kind of standards around, you know, this far into the game, you want your heart rate up to be up this far. And again, I think it's knowing that and being able to explain that to your children that they're, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Of course, they're going to want to captivate their audience. Yeah, you're you're 100% correct on that. There are, it's becoming a science and they're trying to basically identify the things that are going to lead to a most successful commercial product and then them being able to determine like, when are you sweating, all right? We can tell the player is very nervous right now. Maybe this is a time that we can um, inject some uh, monetization, like they say into the industry. It's yeah. like, okay, you're, you're getting nervous now. How about we give you a power-up or offer you a power-up that costs 50 cents? It'll help ease your anxiety. Things such as that are being injected in games more and more. Technical question. How are they paying for this? Do you give your child your credit card? How are they paying the 50 cents? Which, you know, 50 cents doesn't sound like much, but I'm guessing that adds up pretty fast. There are, uh, funny you mention that, there are horror stories uh, that you read about once in a while where, you know, you could put your credit card information in on your tablet or phone or whatever. And uh, you can restrict those things. Um, so that in order to, for a transaction to actually go through, yeah, you might have to type in, you know, a four digit pin number that only, you know, mm-hmm. but for parents that are unaware of these restrictive measures, it's really easy for little Johnny or little Jill to say like, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy that thing. And they have no clue that they're charging something to their parents' credit cards. And then a parent will get their credit card statement at the end of the month and be like, I didn't charge $5,000 for that game. What happened? And it's like having, there's no concept. Kids don't have even any concept really about money at a young age. So then you add the virtual part of like, oh, I just push this button and this shows up and it's great. I push this button, I can keep playing. Yeah. 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 Now, another trick that the game makers use now, um, and this is well known by people in the industry, but a lot of parents aren't aware of it, 
is there's two currencies in a lot of games. Um, so they'll have a currency in a game such as gems. We'll, yep. we'll call them gems, right? And you can spend your gems to acquire some in-game items. But the way you get gems is you spend real-world money. So they kind of use this extra layer of in-game money to mm-hmm. try to shield it and create that disconnect in your brain that you're actually spending real money. And sometimes you get like the in-game money, like the gems, yep. by winning a certain thing, sure. you know, doing a certain mission. So you can get them for you free. You can. But if you really, it's like the tickets at the video game arcade, right? Exactly right. If if you want more, you can just buy them. Right. It's a convenience thing. Yes. Yes. So many things now are intentionally designed in video games to be annoying um, so that you'll be like, well, you know, I don't want to spend 30 hours doing that. I'll just pay five bucks and I'll get it immediately. Instant gratification. Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, do you have any resources that you would suggest for parents who hear this and go, wow, there's so much more to this than I thought? Resources or places they can go to learn a little bit more about gaming and the behind the curtain stuff. If they really wanted to go behind the curtains, there is a developer website known as Gamasutra.com. That is where game developers go to basically talk the, the craft of, of making video games. And there's a lot of gaming industry speak type articles on there. But if you go to that website, it's, there's a lot of discussions and a lot of panels that they can go to um, at the game develop, actually the game developers conference they have a lot of talks that are usually available on the web as well, Hmm. in which they'll talk about some of these things, such as monetization, player retention, topics such as this, kind of peeling back that curtain, so to speak, so they can get an understanding as to how these games are constructed and meant to exploit the consumer. Maybe that's a little bit of a harsh word, but finding ways to uh, be profitable off of your human behaviors. We will include some of those links in our show notes. Are there any tools that you would recommend to parents who are concerned about the time their kids are spending online or um, playing certain games? (laughs) It's a great question because me and my wife have been exploring (laughs) these as well. (laughs) We've been trying to see like, is there a a time limiter on on YouTube, for example? Oh, gosh. Um, we, we simply go with the old school timers where it's like, Hey, we're going to set a timer for 30 minutes. And when that goes off, you know, it's time to bring us the iPads, Mm -hmm. but there, there are tools I know that exist out there, unfortunately. And I don't, I don't have great ones to mention yet because my kids haven't gotten too deep into video, video games yet at age six and eight. The best advice I can give being an involved parent, like don't let Johnny or Jill just escape to the bedroom for hours on end. Be an involved parent. That is great advice. Greg, thank you so much for being with us today. I have learned a ton and I know our listeners have too. You can find our show notes at onboyspodcast.com. That's on dash boys dash podcast.com. Our show notes include links to all of the resources we mentioned in today's episode. Until next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
Facebook guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.